0: Which discussions do most of us shy away from? It's a conversation about death, which we will all face. This pandemic has slapped us in the face with loss and grief, yet we try to deny the destiny of it. Today, let's begin open discussion to expose emotions common to us all. Hi, my name is Marilyn, and I want to welcome you today to Exposing Grief. The goal of these conversations is to talk about loss and grief, which are emotions we all experience. When we expose anything, it becomes less threatening. To expose loss and grief will provide us with some emotional control. I want to add this disclaimer. I am not a therapist, psychoanalyst, psychiatrist, or any professional from the field of mental health. I'm just someone who has lived many years. I have experienced my own loss and grief, and I have observed others go through the same. In my observations, I believe loss and grief can be separate. I think they are on the same continuum, but someone can experience loss without the deeper emotional experience of grief. These are my personal experiences, opinions, and observations. If you need professional help, please seek it out. You might ask what has precipitated these conversations. Unfortunately, it is the coronavirus, COVID-19. There has been so much loss and grief associated with this pandemic that emotionally it is almost overwhelming. There have been job losses, businesses closing, social interactions stopped and rearranged, freedom of movement curtailed, cancellation of graduations, freshman year in college interrupted and cut short, constraints in our ability to comfort friends and loved ones who are hospitalized or grieving themselves. And you fill in the blank for the loss or grief you are experiencing or have already experienced. Why is this a perfect time for conversations? The rush rush is at a low. We're restricted in many ways and have more time with our children and with each other. If we use this time productively for some self-reflection, it is possible to come out of this situation more emotionally healthy than when it all started. Let's begin these conversations with loss felt by younger children between the ages of about 18 months to three to four years of age. These young children are fully aware of their environments. They know mom, dad, and other adults in their lives. If they are firstborn, as well as firstborn grandchild, all things seemingly center around them. This is typical. There's nothing wrong with this scenario. However, when a second child comes into the family, a certain amount of stress is put upon this first child that the immediate family, relatives, and friends have not even considered. The first child loses their identity. They are no longer the center of attention. That child now has to share everyone in their world with this intruder. Generally, the only preparation the first child has gotten is some vague information about being a big brother or a big sister and how wonderful that will be. Not much thought is given to the fact that the child doesn't have a true concept of brother or sister. Since young children do not have the vocabulary to articulate their feelings, acting out is what they do. For instance, if they are potty trained, they may start bedwetting. If they were happy, they may start whining or crying more often. Some children may ask if the new baby can be sent back. Other children may be so bold as to say they don't like the new baby. Parents may view these act outs as jealousy, but I feel they are the child's expression of loss and sadness. Adults in the child's life have made the best attempts they can to explain how the child's life will change when the new baby comes. Unfortunately, we as parents do not possess the language skills to fully explain this life change to children so young. Most parents are uncertain themselves how to handle the stresses of an additional child while dealing with the acting out of the first child. Be assured that many children adapt well to changes. I feel that if young children could articulate their emotions, they would say that they feel sad and not as loved as before. If they were the child who was bold enough to say, I don't like the new baby, then there was probably a reprimand which reinforced their feelings of sadness and loss of love. Young children are resilient. Talk to them about how they feel in a matter-of-fact way on their level. A simple statement like, it's okay to feel sad, is a good place to start. Let them know that they are still loved. Provide a few extra hugs. Since losses in life are inevitable, the sooner we acknowledge that fact and start dealing with loss and grief, even in rudimentary ways, the more well-rounded our families will be emotionally. We are great talkers when it comes to saying how dysfunctional our families are but not so great at trying to dig out root causes so we can start to change. Another loss these young children may experience is when parents or other adults take away those items they use for self-comfort, like a blanket, stuffed animal, fingers, or thumb. Not only might these children feel lost, they may also feel they're being punished. I emphasize these are my personal experiences, opinions, and observations. These conversations are meant to start dialogue, amongst all those who want to experience life to the fullest through self-examination of emotional stumbling blocks. Again, I urge you to get professional help whenever necessary. Self-care is to be celebrated. I believe these conversations about loss and grief are necessary and perhaps well overdue. I hope you stick with me as we explore and expose these emotions. Be a part of these important conversations. Our next conversation We'll focus on loss experienced by kindergartners and preteens. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to visit with you next time on Exposing Grief.